Hello and welcome to the podcast. This one's going to be better than the last one we did. It's going to be lots of fun. So get ready to join us. Did we just say the last of us? Yes, we did. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Region Unlocked, the awesome podcast where Cameron and I talk about nerdy stuff, primarily from our childhood. I am here with Cameron. How's it going, Cameron? Hey, Jake. I'm good. And cool beans. Today, we are recording on March 6th and 7th, 2022. Yes, uh, specifically at 5 p.m., 8 p.m., and 10 a.m., Whoa, what the heck? You're saying there's a third time zone in here right now? I know. It's kind of crazy. You know why? Why? Because we've got a guest with us today. Who? I'd like to welcome my awesome friend, Lauren Ewer. Hey, Lauren. How's it going? Hey, Lauren. Hello. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being with us. Yeah, so Lauren is our resident expert of the game that we're going to be talking about today. And uh, she also has a lot of experience with video games. So I thought, hey, perfect guest for our podcast. That's true. So, Lauren, one thing we always like to ask people their first time here, what would you say is your favorite video game of all time? Well, I would have to say Last of Us 2. Oh, well, I guess that makes sense. That's why you're here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Really? Me too. No, that was was a bad pun. Okay, whatever. (laughs) What would be like a a runner-up for you? Ooh, uh, let's see. That's so hard. I have so many favorite games. Okay. Actually, runner-up would be Horizon Zero Dawn. Ooh, good choice. First one. Have you started the second one yet? Yes, I have. I started it last week, so just got my first, P- first like I'm going to get another one. I just got a <laughs> PS5 last <Nice>. week. <laughs> yeah. That's I'm fantastic. Very eager to get into that. I'm, I'm still at a point where I, as, as much money as I waste, I don't like to spend $70 on a game. <laughs> and seeing that PS5 games are at $70, I just like, nope, I got to I got to wait for that sale. I know. I I held off, but I was like this will be the one aside from I think any other game that came out will come out. This is the one that I'm willing to pay full price for. Everything else I'm willing to wait for. So I just yeah. I had to get it. Well, good. I'm I'm glad it's going well. Cool beans. Yeah, it's a fun game. Can't wait till I can get my hands on a PS5. It's yeah, you think it. you'd have mm. better luck in Japan, but... Well, let's just say I've been uh, doing some nosing around and I might have a lead. Ooh, good. Yeah, but that's all I'm going to say about that okay. because it's going to be a surprise mystery for a future date. Anyway. <laughs> so, Lauren, tell us a bit about yourself. Uh, Jake said you're in another time zone. I have no idea where you even are. Yeah, so I live currently in Seattle, Washington. Been here about... Nine, almost 10 years. It'll be 10 years in August. Also nice. originally from Indiana. Uh, moved out here because I wanted an adventure. So I thought it was really cool. I love it out here. Lots of tech jobs in the gaming industry. Currently work uh, with Oculus VR doing user research for them. Ooh, so what all does that entail? Yeah, so a lot of it, I can't go into a ton of detail, but generally uh, user research is essentially working with 
people who use the product, whether it's the very first time they use a product or they are an avid user of any product. Um, I've worked with Philip Sonicare, so I watch people brush their teeth every day. Um, and basically I ask them detailed questions about their experience, things that they hmm. like, they dislike, what they find confusing, and I just generally observe them and take notes as they're using whatever product they, they are using and um, write notes for the team and say, hey, they kind of struggled with this part of the experience, can we change it? Or I think it would be helpful if we kind of tweak it a little bit. And so then they do, and then we kind of retest it, and we just kind of do cycles over and over again to make the product better and better. The design process, that's what I teach mm -hmm. every day. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Is it too much to ask how much is Oculus tracking in our house when we don't know it? Oh, <laughs> I honestly don't even know that. I don't, I, that's not, Anywhere near what I do, so. All right, all right. Well, I can tell you, it tracks your movement pretty well. Yes. <laughs> does it no, know I'm exactly what my house looks like is what I want to know. And, and it does. <laughs> I just want to know where that data is. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's somewhere up in the magical sky. Uh, so, Lauren, after this, you're going to have to give us a detailed report on what we can improve in this podcast. Oh, gosh. Yeah, well, I would yeah, actually I would have to recruit <laughs> listeners and ask them questions about their Please do. Can, okay. <laughs> cool beans. So, yeah, actually, Lauren's the one who got me started on The Last of Us and also Horizon Zero Dawn. So, Bro, uh, I got you started on that and you abandoned it. I did. And then Lauren was like, hey, check out this game again. And that's what I got back into for. <laughs> you like, jerk. oh, hey, why not? I know. I'm just, I'm a terrible friend, aren't I? Uh, not, not to Lauren, it seems. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I'm fine with it. <laughs> <laughs> Work for me. It's like, boom. All right. So let's talk about some of the games that we have been playing recently. Okay. Cameron, what about you? What games have you been playing? Uh, the new last patch for World of Warcraft finally dropped last week. So I've resubscribed and I'm back into that and I guess just trying to enjoy it for the next month or two because after I'm done with this content, it's going to be a, a drought of WoW content for a while. Yikes. But uh, I've mostly been focusing on building that computer that I was talking about last episode, which uh, is already done, hopefully, when people hear this and I'm super excited, even though it has gotten so out of hand i have wasted so much money on this and <laughs> <laughs> so like i said so it's game and computer monitor all built in one and the monitor had these garbage built-in speakers and i thought well can i get some other desktop speakers and, and put these in with it i wasn't happy with anything and so i just thought if i'm gonna do this let's go big and so i have built into the case uh, a big subwoofer and eight speakers down the sides where it's going to have like a better sound system than my living room just like whoa it's going to shake off of whatever desk i set it on to play games oh my gosh it's going to be I'm awesome just, I'm, I'm picturing that spongebob episode where they're dancing with the jellyfish <laughs> he's dancing with the jellyfish da, 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 da. Yeah. and then your house is going to be like bouncing up and down or at least the case i can just see that and then you'll be like hey jake let me show you this yeah and it's going to look cool, too, right? Yeah, you know, hopefully. Fun, I mean, like, at this point, everyone's seen it. It's, it's on our Instagram, and it's awesome. It's going to look even better when you're done. Well, I'm, I'm saying it's done now. Right? I'm no, talking future no, talk. Not. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yeah, so I've been playing but, WoW. I've got other stuff I should play, but I'm playing WoW. 
All right, Lauren, what games have you been playing? Well, I kind of hinted at it before. Uh, so Horizon Zero Dawn Forbidden West now on my new PS5. Gorgeous, mm-hmm. gorgeous game. I mm-hmm. I was very torn on just buying it for the PS4, but I have to admit, I kind of bought my PS5 just to play Forbidden West, and I don't regret it because it is gorgeous. Um, and nice. Aloy, wonderful character as usual. Oh, yeah. Don't want to give too much away, so that's all I'll say about that. Um, and cool. then I've also been using some of my time to play uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales. Ooh. I really, yeah, really love the first game on PS4 with Peter Parker and yeah it's it's just great I love just the smoothness of the controls and flying through the city and all the details of New York and Harlem and Brooklyn and yeah just as great as the first one so far how do you feel about them redesigning Peter Parker I'm okay with it. I kind of just let it go. I'm a big comic book nerd myself anyway, so I'm kind of used to characters changing and getting redesigned. Um, okay. And so it's it's kind of, I'm kind of used to it. Yeah, it, it didn't really impact me too much. That's good. It, it was jarring at first, but mm. uh, my biggest problem is I just don't feel like the voice suits the face compared to, because uh, I played the, the original on PS4 and now I've got it on PS5. Hmm. But anyway, great game. Yeah. What or what's the cost right now? Is it affordable? For what? Miles for Morales? PS4 or PS5? I think it was it launched cheaper than most. Like it launched at like 50. Okay. But then if you got the version that had the original remade for the PS5, the Upres, I think that one was the full $70. Mm. Okay. What so I just beat Horizon Zero Dawn for the first time. Really excited about that and ready to delve into the next one before anything else. But that's probably not going to happen. I'm probably just going to go and download five other games that I'll never play anyway. <laughs> it's usually what happens. But it is what happens. That's, that's been that. And I've also been playing Halo 4, which has been kind of a treat on my new laptop. Yeah? how I don't remember that game at all. How far in are you? Well, I... Mm, I don't really know how long it is, That's so uh, <laughs> I'm far enough to uh, have met up with my fellow allies um, after leaving the alien planet, uh, oh, okay. and I'll say it's it's good. I'm not liking it quite as much as Reach, but it's still a good game. Yeah. So, well, I'll have to play it as well, so we can talk about it later. Totally. We can start designing those levels together. All right. Anyway, enough talk about uh, other stuff. Let's talk about the game today, which is going to be The Last of Us. You both have played a lot of this game. I would like to hear your first impressions of this game when you first played it. Cameron, let's start with you. Oh, first impressions. I wanted to play through this as kind of like a date night with Lindsay because we hadn't done that since, you know, Mass Effect before we were even dating, really. (laughs) And we sat down and played through the very beginning where, uh, you know, right when everything breaks out. Mm -hmm. And I think I played a little bit into the actual gameplay and then we just kind of dropped it. I think she fell asleep and <laughs> I was kind of disappointed and oh. we just kind of left it for a while. Cause I thought, well, I'm not going to play this unless uh, she's watching. 
but then I just accepted, oh, she's not going to. And then Oof. to answer your question, <laughs> first impression was like, you know, emotions. It was, yeah. it was very intense. No one wants to see their, their daughter get shot. And uh, yeah, it, it's definitely engrossing and, and got me hooked when I came back to it later. But it took me a little while to come back to it. Mm. Yeah, that's kind of a tough beginning, but you know, so is the game. <laughs> um, Lauren, what about you? Your first impression with the with the game? Yeah, I was pretty cynical before I started it. You know, there's so many post-apocalyptic zombie movie movies and games out there, so I didn't really expect it to be much different. But the first intro cinematic, you know, between Joel and Sarah, his daughter, just seeing that bond between the two of them, I was already hooked. Uh, There's just something there and it didn't feel cheesy. It didn't feel forced. It it felt like there was a lot of thought put into it. So even just with the story itself, I was like, okay, this is going to be different. I had no clue what was going to happen or how the outbreak was going to occur, what what it was going to look like. But by then I was, I was already sold because it seemed like there was a lot of thought put into it. I don't know if you all felt this way with other games where the cinematics were just kind of something to get through until you got to the next part of the playing of the actual game. So I I was very intrigued just from the get go. Yeah. I'd have to, um, kind of second what you said, because I kind of felt the same way. (laughs) Uh, you had told me about the game and at first I was like, okay, it's probably just another game, right? And there are a lot of zombie apocalypse games out there. So, um, I mean, I was excited to play it, but really wasn't expecting much. After that first cinematic intro, like, holy cow, it's like you're playing a movie. Mm -hmm. All the feels, all the emotions, tugs at your heartstrings. And at that moment, I was just like hooked. I love this game. And then I've played it through so many times. So initial impression was pretty good, probably because it was advertised well uh, (laughs) going into it and that really kind of helped my interest. And yeah. Sounds like we've all got a solid foundation with this game. So uh, the thing about this game, I think we can all agree on is the story is extremely rich. And I think it's ultimately the story and all the plot points and the characters that really get you hooked. Like, yeah, the gameplay is amazing too, but like it's, it's all about the story here. And um, I actually wrote up a synopsis of this game for anyone who's not familiar with it. And I'm going to read it very soon. Mm -hmm. It's pretty detailed, so please bear with me. Uh, And (laughs) after it, you'll probably understand why the synopsis was so detailed in the first place and why it was so important and why we're talking about this game today. And I would like to say before he does that, please, if you have not played this game, you just you need to turn this off and you need to play it. You are missing out on some art right here. That just mm-hmm. needs to be experienced and not listening to us bumble our way through it. <laughs> but yes. if you're still here, um, Jake, what do you got? All right. <clears throat> In October 2013, a mutant cordyceps fungus begins infecting people across the USA in staggering numbers, tainting its victims with voracious zombie-like symptoms, causing aggression, mind loss, and attacking without remorse. There is no cure. As chaos ensues, martial law is enacted to neutralize the infected masses, but at the cost of claiming innocent lives too. During this time, Joel and his daughter Sarah are living happily in Texas, only to be awoken by this harrowing news. So they flee with Joel's brother Tommy. Not long after, the trio is caught in the chaos 
and Sarah becomes one of the innocent victims dying in Joel's arms. 20 years have passed as the USA descends into a post-apocalyptic wasteland of survivors living in armed quarantine zones, evading the now dominant infected population. Tommy has since joined a rebel group called the Fireflies. Joel has since become a smuggler along with his partner Tess. And after tracking a cache of stolen weapons, they find out it's been traded to the Fireflies. Marlene, the Fireflies leader, promises the weapons back if Tess and Joel can smuggle a young girl named Ellie out of the quarantine zone. They agree reluctantly. They discover Ellie is an already infected, but not affected by symptoms. The Fireflies are not at the meeting point, and after Tess gets bit, her dying wish is for Joel to continue searching for the group, as a cure may now be possible. Joel and Ellie, not too fond of each other, embark on a mission to find Tommy, their only lead to the Fireflies. First, they obtain a car via Joel's old smuggling partner, Bill, and the duo trek across the USA toward Wyoming. Along the way, Joel and Ellie fight together against infected and hostile gangs, work together to survive, and even grieve together for their friends Henry and Sam, met and lost along the way. Upon arrival, Tommy is well, but he has since left the Fireflies to build a settlement there with his wife Maria. But Joel wishes to pass off Ellie with Tommy and flee home. Ellie finds out after an attack from raiders and runs away. She's found. Joel realizes how close they've bonded and agrees to continue on with her. They head to the next lead, Colorado. Yet again, the Fireflies aren't there but rather raiders who badly injure Joel and Ellie must care for him before she is captured. Joel recovers and returns favor by coming after her. When the pair reaches Utah, Ellie is knocked unconscious and the fireflies find them. They're ready to extract a cure from Ellie, but at the cost of her life. And Joel won't have this. He ends the operation and flees back to Wyoming with Ellie. Joel lies to a now awake Ellie, saying a cure was impossible when in fact he had slaughtered most involved and is the reason there will be no cure. They arrive home and Ellie trusts Joel told her the truth. Or does she? That's a pretty spot on summary. And let me tell you, it is uh, even better in the game. There's (laughs) so so. many. uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah. If you listen to that, don't want to play the game, like, oh gosh. No. But... There's just so many plot points and there's just so many rich details. It's hard to leave them out. Um, yeah. And that just kind of goes to show why the um, story was so important. So, yeah, this is one of the very few games that actually made me cry when I played it. So, <laughs> yeah, there's definitely more than a couple moments that will get that reaction. I feel definitely. like as well, like on top of that, it's it's that's a great synopsis synopsis and it's so rich the reason why it's so rich is because even in the dialogue and the cinematic interactions there's so much subtle interactions like the tone of joel's voice even their facial expressions through you know a digital medium of characters you can really see it and feel it and hear it so mm-hmm. you know that synopsis is great and gave so much detail but i again i agree with all of you you have to play through it to actually get <laughs> the rest of it yeah yeah and we're going to talk about here in just a little bit why it's so good and uh, how they kind of attained that amazing effect that it gave to most of its audience. So let's dive a little bit into the history of this game. Uh, it was released for the PlayStation 3 on June 14th, 2013. And that's right kind of 
after the uh, events of the game take place, or right around that time. Oh, right. And it was, uh, yeah, um, October 2013. That's when everything happened, and that's why the world. That's when the world basically stopped and is now in a wasteland. So the developer was Naughty Dog. To this point, had made some pretty good games, and it was directed by Neil Druckmann and Bruce Straley. Is that the correct way to pronounce that? I hope. It was also written by Neil Druckmann. He had this idea for a long time before putting it into motion. It is a third-person action-adventure game. So uh, everything that you do is right above your head, basically. And it's got a single and multiplayer uh, function. Speaking of which, have either of you played the multiplayer for this game yet? No. Is it even still active? Good question. Um, I know they're developing the multiplayer for the second one. I'm not sure if this one is... Why? Oh, because the system's so good. All right. Yeah, but the second game is getting multiplayer, I'm pretty sure, based on some leaked details. That just seems way too late. I don't know who's asking for it, but hey, if it's good, cool. I'm sure there's someone out there who's petitioned for it. (laughs) So uh, the story itself is pretty linear, uh, meaning you really can't alter the course of what happens. Like you, you play through, um, it's like start to finish, um, start point to finish point, mm-hmm. And it's not really creating your own story. But that being said, it doesn't matter that this game is linear. You just, it, it's, it's worth playing multiple times, even after you do beat it. Like, you know, you're progressing from point A to point B. But during that time, you can unlock some Easter eggs, find stuff maybe you didn't before, and even lo- unlock some fun dialogue to make it a little more worthwhile this game was produced with uh motion capture technology all Mm -hmm. right and that's what lauren was talking about not too long ago lauren did you want to talk a little bit about that about the motion capture in this game yeah generally i just wanted to talk about a little bit of just how committed neil Druckmann was to this and how Mm -hmm. the actors also committed to it there's a few videos on youtube about it and i believe there's a documentary you can find on how they've recorded all of those scenes. Um, Mm -hmm. Particularly, there's one with Troy Baker, the one who plays Joel. Mm -hmm. And I I forgot the name of the actress who plays Sarah, but Troy recalls essentially recording or uh, going through that scene where Sarah essentially dies in his arms and how they spent an entire day just doing take after take after take, trying to get like the right moment with him, you know, crying out hysterically or him in total shock like all these extremes as far as emotions go and he was just talking about how at the end of the day he was totally exhausted and basically broken because he had to relive that scene over and over so much and so again that just tells like how dedicated every single person in developing this game was to making it so beautiful and telling such a a hard but um, intense story that everyone can kind of attach themselves to in their own way. Mm. So just even that, I, I, I just love hearing that about about how the game was developed in, in a mm. more artistic perspective. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for real. So speaking of the amount of effort and acting that is put into this, like I'm all for getting more people immersed into this universe, but... How do you feel on the fact that this is about to be a show? Does that take away from the game of something that, in my opinion, is already perfectly done and I don't need Mm. to see it acted out? Because if anything, I think that makes it less immersive. But 
mm. that appeals to a broader audience. Okay. That's that's tough. I hadn't thought about that, but this is almost going to be like, you know, making a movie adaptation of a book. You've already got this artistic medium story made into another medium. A TV yeah, show. but the thing is, it's like it's already such a, a similar medium. It's yeah, like, yeah, it's like if you remade a book into like a, a slightly longer book, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're, they're too similar. Yeah, that's interesting. You're not going to be controlling the characters this time. Oh my gosh, I hadn't thought about that. It'll be really interesting to see. Um, I really hope that they do something well. But, you know, when you do that, you always run the risk of, you know, alienating your audience because they already have this set standard, this set vision of what the story is supposed to be, quote mm-hmm. unquote. And then when that's altered, now everyone's going to take that well because, you know, this is a story that you take so personally. And <laughs> like, so Shoot. by comparison, uh, I have not played the Uncharted series yet, but uh-huh. I did just go see the movie. And okay, if you haven't seen it, it's your cliche national treasure, basic <laughs> following clues movie, like nothing special. But like those actors have changed. Like they're not at all the way they are perceived in the game. For one, you know, Nathan Drake is he's a child in this. And he's supposed to be in his mid-30s. But then we've got other characters like Sully, who's played by Mark Mark Wahlberg. And he is in no way Sully from that game. He's just Mark Wahlberg, (laughs) right? And so we're going to watch this on HBO. And it's just like, that's not Joel. That's that's Oscar Isaac. Or who is it? Is it Oscar Isaac? Pedro Pascal. (laughs) Pedro Pascal. <laughs> right, I mean, it's it's going to be tough oh. to separate it because it, it doesn't yeah. need to be separated. I, I see what you mean. I, see I mean, what you mean that's a that's a really great point. I hadn't thought of it that way. I, I feel like Troy Baker does such an iconic uh, projection of Joel's voice. Like, how can anyone else do Joel's voice? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I mean, I was just playing it last night and Jake was watching me remotely and there's a cutscene <laughs> where Joel says Ellie's name and just the way he says her name every single time, whether he's grumpy with her or it's an endearing way, like my heart just melts. And I, that does make me a little nervous. I think selfishly I was excited just because I'm like, oh, I get more interactions with Joel and Ellie, whether it's different actors and actresses. Um, I don't know, I was just excited about that and seeing more of a longer form of the medium play out. But mm-hmm. yeah, that now you've made me more nervous. Thank you, Cameron. <laughs> I appreciate <Sorry>. that. <laughs> Food for thought. <laughs> well, Mm, at least we're all going to watch it, and we'll probably have some great discussion material afterwards. Yeah, I think that's... Well, and I expect good things because <laughs> of the, the budget, is, and it's HBO, is going to be great. And uh, we yeah, just talked about true. this, Jake, with uh, the Halo show coming out, which I have no faith in. But uh, again, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to see. Before I forget, because I will, uh, this is also, The Last of Us is also Troy Baker's second game of him playing kind of an annoyed uh, has been kind of washed adventuring up. with a <laughs> with, with a headstrong girl who kind of becomes like a, a daughter to him. Mm. Yeah, I wonder what the first that. one is. Hmm, I wonder. <clears throat> Bioshock Infinite. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, and he's incredible in that. Yes. Yeah, that, I, I, like I didn't see though. those parallels before. <laughs> it was very similar. Yeah, it's like there's. It's so similar. It's it's crazy. <laughs> so anyway. 
let's go ahead and talk about some more aspects that we enjoyed in this game. So, I know that we all love this game. Most people who play it do. Mm -hmm. But were there any parts that really stuck out to you as in like, this part is the best, or this part is one of the best, or this part really stuck with me? Let's talk about those. I think for me, again, it's another cinematic scene. I could go into detail about the gameplay, but uh, maybe another part of this. But uh, the very end for me, I I love the huge conundrum that Joel has in front of him. Like, do I tell Ellie the truth, or do I keep this relationship alive by lying to her? And then you can, and the, just the subtlety in her face, where you can tell she doesn't just quite believe him. Right. And, and then you're just left wondering, like, they've just bonded over this huge adventure, if you will, and all these really vulnerable interactions that were really intense and scary. And Ellie essentially trusted him with her life, and then he basically kind of took it away from her in a different way. And now she is, does she have to deal with that in the future? How is that going to play about? Not well, not well. Yeah, at all. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't want to give any spoilers away. But <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Tell you what, that ending right there—that stuck with people for a long time, and there were so many theories surrounding that. It's a good ending. It sticks with you. It's good in that it sticks with you. Is it a good ending? Uh, mm. I I remember I guess... playing through that and just kind of walking out of my room, just kind of like in shock, where it's like, yeah. I, I can't believe I just had to do that because in that moment, yes, you relate to Joel. It's like, I can't let them kill Ellie for this, mm -hmm. but this game is making me go kill all these people for her sake. And it's like, I don't, I don't know how I feel about this. And it felt, I think it was even more drawing that you as a player don't get to make that decision. Mm. I think that makes it more shocking, but rightfully so. Like, I think Story-wise, that was the right move, and, and not give the player a choice. But yeah. yeah, I just I remember just being in shock and awe of, of how much you go through in this game, and how much effort you put in to get to the fireflies to do this one thing, and just like you turn on them just like that. Ugh, it, it's it's tough. It, it really is. I, I would have to echo what both of you said. Um, I do have mixed feelings on how good that ending is. I mean, I think it's a great ending artistically. Personally, mm -hmm. like, ugh, it hurts. I don't want to like this, but I have to because it's so well written. <laughs> I think the best part of this game for me or the part that stuck with me the most is after Ellie runs away, finding out that Joel just kind of wants to ditch her. And then they reunite again. And she basically says, like, no, you're the only person who stuck around for me. And at that point, it's like, oh my gosh, hold on. You two hated each other. And now all of a sudden, it, this, it solidifies that you two have bonded. Like, you two actually care for each other. Joel doesn't express it at first, but Ellie sure does. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh my gosh. They, they actually care for each other now. They, they, <laughs> they, they can't be separated. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, just in, in the whole analogy of, you know, is Ellie replacing Sarah? And how, mm -hmm. how does Joel see her and especially playing this game now if i'd played this when it came out in 2013 i don't know who i would have related to but mm. playing it when i was what 29 a few years ago like you i'm 
very heavily related to Joel. And I see like uh, my students and Ellie, right? Like I just, the more of that fatherly relationship, like made it Mm -hmm. hit so much harder for me. That's a great way to put it. I've kind of, uh, I've kind of seen the same thing in myself. Like, you know, with my students, like you bond with them and you kind of understand what that, uh, you know, kind of paternal instinct is. Mm -hmm. Wow. Definitely say that it sticks with us. Uh, Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and move on to some fun facts, unless both of you have anything else you'd like to throw out there. Oh, I, I'd got one more memorable. Oh, let's do it. I I mean, there's the, the game's divided kind of into like four quarters, right. Of the seasons. And Uh so there's something super memorable about each one. But You're right. The seasons. <laughs> oh my gosh, I never thought about that. But Spring, the the winter, all of that is is probably the the darkest and heaviest to play through with Joel being injured, but then dealing with the cannibals. Like mm. I just felt this l- like lump in my throat the whole time playing through that part of just how uncomfortable but real that is like yeah. they, these this is what real humans would do in this situation uh-huh. and it's sickening and uh-huh. it's like I'd, I'd rather be dead than try to survive with these people Ugh. yeah it's a good point that part was really kind of awful and and it just builds and the, the crescendo of you fighting that guy off while the restaurant burns down and you just like end up what do you grab like a cleaver and just go to town on his face <laughs> off camera yep. but uh, you see Ellie's reaction I think that makes it even worse is the fact that you are seeing it you're like you're in you know that body's position looking up at her as she's killing this guy Yeah, and just as terrifying as it was still just so admirable of what this game was doing what it was making you feel and experience in a way that you just you will never experience anywhere else yeah when Joel finally shows up and he like hugs Ellie and he calls her baby girl, mm-hmm. that was the first time you heard that since Sarah. Oh, boom. Yeah. Tears in your eyes at that point, all the catharsis. And in that scene, you, you just see Ellie trying so hard to survive. Like at that point, she, I mean, you know, she's surviving throughout the game, but this is the, she didn't know that Joel was going to be okay and that he was coming for her. And so she mm-hmm. snaps and she breaks and loses her mind for a second. And then you see her, like she, you can see in that moment, like she, it's just her, but then, mm-hmm. and then Joel comes and it's, it's just a beautiful moment where you kind of see her body kind of relax after he calls her baby girl. And she's, she mm-hmm. realizes like she's safe again. Um, yes. And, and yeah, it's just a beautiful, beautiful moment between the two of them. And as he's sitting there talking to her, like reassuring her, asking her if she's okay, like the audio just stops and it shows her just looking at him. Like you can't even hear his voice. It just mm. shows you like, she doesn't even care what he's saying right now. Just the fact that he's here is the most important thing. Like, oh, right in the feels. I'm getting chills, like thinking about that scene again. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm going to want to replay it again and try and find all these subtle things. All right, so folks, you're probably understanding now why we like this game so much and why it's so uh, so deep. So go play it if you haven't, or go replay it again if you haven't in a while. Absolutely. All right, so let's uh, let's bump up the emotion a little bit to a more fun level to okay. kind of uh, get us a little more relaxed here from going on this field trip. Sounds good, Jake. I got s- yeah, totally. Got some fun facts for you. 
First off, the music in this game. Great stuff, right? Oh, yeah. Definitely worth listening to. The kind of stuff that you want to listen to just in general uh, because it's so good. But if you've noticed, there's really no sweeping orchestral pieces like with a lot of instruments. Most of it is just very kind of small sessions with only a few musicians. Mm -hmm. um, and it was composed by Academy and Grammy Award winner Gustavo Alfredo Santolaya. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. He's Argentinian. And when he got this game going with the music, he wanted to use instruments that were not very well used to him, or instruments he wasn't very well used to, mm -hmm. to give this uh, game a sense of, quote, uh, quote, danger and innocence. Isn't that cool? That was pretty cool. So, like, he's playing these instruments that he's not very familiar with, and a lot of it ends up being very minimalistic. Yeah. But it's just really good. Hmm. And uh, on top of that, there were recording sessions inside bathrooms, kitchens, and using detuned guitars. Huh. Isn't that cool? Yeah, it definitely gives a, a very grounded feel. Yeah. And there's probably some sick reverb in a, a kitchen that uh, works with that acoustic guitar. It works. Let me tell you, it gives that gritty feeling to the game, and you still want to listen to the music, so... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like that's such a, like, it's not a minor detail. It's something maybe I would have overlooked if I was thinking, oh, we need to make it very dramatic, very big, because there's so much intensity going on in the game emotionally, so the music needs to match it. But if you really look at the situation, being a post-apocalyptic, there's going to be a lot of scarcity with instruments and things like that, and people are not going to be very skilled, and it is going to be very innocent, and... And everyone's kind of learning to just make do, essentially, with what they have. And I feel like that you get that feeling a lot in the soundtrack. Yeah. Mm. Well put. Yeah, that is, that is definitely true. Uh, also, every sound effect in this game was made exclusively for the game. So no reused sound effects here, which is great. It kind of makes the game its own, gives it its own uh, personality. Yeah. Um, no Wilhelm screams. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh! None of that. Darn it. It would have been so much better if it did. Yeah, that would have been great. And it would have taken you right out of the story. Like, oh, this has that scream in there. <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard that sound effect before. We've all played games and watched movies where we're like, huh, I've heard that sound effect used before. It just takes you out of the story. This game didn't do that. Another fun fact here that I found very interesting was the overgrown kind of post-apocalyptic cityscapes of this game. They were inspired primarily by uh, photos of New Orleans in the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina. Oh, really? Yes. And I'm sure each of us probably remembers seeing some of that a, a while back. Mm-hmm. Kind of what that looked like. And it's true. There's a lot of parallels there. It was kind of a devastating uh, thing to look at. Another thing here. Oh. <laughs> here we go. Two big video games helped inspire this one. Ico and Resident Evil 4. Uh, I've not played Ico, but yeah, the combat is very derivative of Resident Evil 4. Yes, it is. And it's got that gritty, kind of gross feeling to it as well. Yeah. Now, Ico, that's the, that, that game came out a while back, but it was made by the same studio that did Shadow of the Colossus. Mm -hmm. In that kind of spiritual successor type universe. And it revolves around kind of an unnamed character um, and his partner 
trying to make it through to the end um, mm. and survive a lot of things along the way. So there's that. Also, this game was going to be a Jack and Daxter reboot originally. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, did you guys know that? <laughs> oh, Jack 3 was on the PS2. I was trying to think <laughs> there was already one on PS3, but no. I mean, that no. makes sense being Naughty Dog. <laughs> and yep. At what point did Druckmann take over and yeah. say, no, we're doing something completely different here? Can you imagine this game being a Jack and Daxter reboot? Nope. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Jack and Daxter's amazing. Yeah, but it doesn't fit with the same vibe of this game. No, no, it does not. Totally not. But, you know, it's kind of cool how they threw so many Jack and Daxter Easter eggs in this game. You know, you see the game every once in a while. Ellie's mm-hmm. got those Jack and Daxter unlockables that you can you can, you can can get, that kind of thing. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah Naughty cool Dog stuff. is very referential of, of Naughty mm-hmm. Dog. Yep. <laughs> that is very true. So, uh, those are some fun facts that I've got. Do either of you want to add anything else? Yes, please. So, cool. I would like to dive into the the concept of the cordyceps virus in general here. Or, to be more specific, uh, the fungus, not the virus. Mm. And this has been inspired by the real-life cordyceps fungus, which what that does is it affects very small bugs, mostly ants, where... Basically, they go up to a high place, latch onto a, a leaf, and decompose as the fungus spreads from there. It's how the fungus reproduces. And uh, scientists do th- believe that these bugs are fully aware the whole time that this is happening, but they can't control it. And that's pretty terrifying. Ugh. So then the thought is that uh, this fungus has eventually fully evolved to do this to humans in mm. this game and obviously that's it's scary because it's grounded in something real instead of like zombies where zombies is just uh very supernatural right not uh yeah not like more this. or less a little bit different <laughs> so uh, i was watching game theory before this good old matt pat and he's got some good theories it, it, i wouldn't even say they're theories at this point they're just because they're so based in science here the big question here that we can all, you know, breathe a sigh of relief is, you know, was Joel right to to stop them and save Ellie? And yes, because you can't make a vaccine for a fungus like they were trying. It's just it's not scientifically possible. Whoa. Uh, I can't recall all the science off the top of my head, but, uh, you know, a virus and a fungus are two very different things. Uh, When a virus gets into our system, it's affecting our very cells, and it's very hard to fight that without killing our own cells. A fungus is its own independent thing within us. So it's easier to just target those fungal cells and and get rid of them. And so that's why, like, if you have athlete's foot or something, like, it's just a spray, right? It's not some sort of injection you have to get because it's pretty easy to target fungus. Oh my gosh. But no wonder all this happened. <laughs> they were looking for a vaccine. That wouldn't even work. Yeah, exactly. So, and the biggest problem was even if she was the cure, harvesting her brain is not the way to do that. All they need is her antibodies in her bloodstream, which, you know, she's constantly reproducing. 
and by killing her, they would remove, you know, the antibodies from the equation. That's just silly. So it would not have worked. These were not our uh, wonderful, our brightest scientists who joined the fireflies. Uh, (laughs) Oh, shoot. So, yeah, now you can rest assured that they needed to go. They they were dummies. But throughout The Last of Us Part 2, there's more scientific data of Ellie's tests that you can find in the hospital. And so Matt Pat actually broke that down quite a bit and looked at what are these tests. And she's not immune to cordyceps. She has cordyceps, but is not being controlled. She is not experiencing all these symptoms. And the main type, there's actually over like 400 different species of cordyceps. A lot. And so this one that makes zombies is called Ophiocordyceps unilateralis. And so that's the the bad one. And Ellie has a different strain, most likely the one called Tolipocladium inflation. No. In inflation? I think I I wrote sure. these out phonetically. <laughs> <laughs> Those are mouthfuls. Yeah, so it's like Tolipocladium inflation. Uh, let's say that's what it's called. Or maybe it's like infadium. Anyway, so this is a fungus that creates immunosuppression and is actually, we use it to make an immunosuppression drug called cyclosporin. Okay. So yeah, it exists in real life. But the, the problem with that, and we can see this in her test results laying around in the lab, is that it hurts your immune system really badly. Like, based off of the numbers they put in the game, she's, like, highly anemic, about to crumple. The The common cold is probably going to kill her. But, the, you know, major plot hole they don't care about. <laughs> the main thing is, even though there's so many different types of cordyceps, if you have one, you can't get the, another. So... She's got this one that makes her super weak, but the game pretends it doesn't. And so she can't catch the other one. So I think that's just a bigger plot hole in itself. That's like, how is, how does she have this one and no one else does? Right. It it probably wasn't spread through a bite. So I don't understand that, but there's a, there's a little fungal lesson for you. (laughs) A very fun goal fact. Holy cow. So, uh, moral of the story is they were not able to stop the virus because they couldn't find a vaccine. It's because they were looking for the wrong type of cure. Yep. Dummies. Oh my gosh. That's why everything happened. But it just goes to show you how good the story is that we don't care about a little plot hole like that. Even though it's a huge plot hole. (laughs) Well, it also goes to show you once you get sciencey mumbo jumbo in there, everyone tunes out. And that's why Resident Evil is so hard to follow. (laughs) <laughs> As we were just talking about an RE5, because all these cutscenes are just like biological weapon crap, and it's like, all right, skip, skip, get, let's get back to shooting. Well, I like these uh, these facts. I like them. These I facts, like facts. <laughs> I like in these facts. Facts. Like, I like in that's that's, that's a, a Resident Evil Eight. Oh, really? Yeah, there's lichen. Oh, okay. Cool <laughs> right, anyway. Anyway, uh, so thank you for that very interesting lesson, Cameron. That was actually kind of cool. Um, <laughs> Don't be so surprised. Ah, ha, ha. So right. uh, 
Lauren, do you have anything else you'd like to add before we get into some fun stuff? Mine is definitely not as cool as what Cameron just gave. All oh, sorry. I, all I was going to say was the voice of Ellie, Ashley Johnson. When I was playing, I was like, why does she sound so familiar? Uh, this might be dating myself, but I remember growing up watching the show Growing Pains. She <laughs> plays the youngest child in that show. And so she grew up. Her first acting job was like working alongside... Kirk Cameron, Alan Thick, Leonardo DiCaprio, just cute, precocious little six-year-old, and now all of a sudden she's an immune from a zombie post-apocalyptic attack and is a total awesome person. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, cool. yeah, Ashley Johnson, she's really cool. That's, oh, and she she was yeah. also in the very first Avengers movie, very briefly. Mm-hmm. The very she's, end. she's on the news for saying like Captain America saved me. Wow, something like that. That's kind of cool. I didn't. Uh, I didn't know that. <laughs> she was also a uh, Gretchen in Recess. Oh yeah, oh. I forgot about that. Yeah, the the like very scientifically minded one. How weird. <laughs> yep, it's it's kind of hard though. Their voices are so different there. Yeah. But, all right. So some great fun facts for The Last of Us. We've got a quiz, and let's take that quiz. What do you say? Let's do it. All right, so here we are with some wonderful Last of Us trivia. Uh, This is going to work similar to past trivia games that we have done, in that I will read a question and Jake and Lauren will buzz in as quickly as they can to answer. So if Jake buzzes first, this is what we'll hear. And if Lauren buzzes first, this is what we'll hear. Got it? Good. Are you both ready? Yes. Yep. All right. I'm going to start off with a, a tough one here. What is Ellie's mom's name? It can only be found in a letter. Jake? Anna. That is correct. Cool. Here's an easy one for you. What is the name of the DLC? Lauren. Uh, The DLC or the extra gaming portion? Uh, Yes. Left left behind? Is that what you're saying? Correct. Okay, okay. I'm overthinking it. Oh, that's it. Yeah, (laughs) that's totally it. All right. Cool. In Left Behind, what of Riley's possessions does Ellie keep? Jake? Her uh, dog tags. I believe you're right, but that's actually not what I have as the answer. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Lauren? Uh, that was what I was going to say, like her Firefly dog tags. All right, here's uh, some multiple choice. Tape player, plushie, joke book, poetry. Jake? Joke book. Yes, yes. the joke book. Yes. It is two to one. This one's probably going to be really easy. What animal constantly pops up in the background throughout this game? Jake? A giraffe. That is correct. (laughs) All right. Cool. Here's here's a multiple choice one you got to pay attention to. Which of these buttons is not on Ellie's original backpack? A nuclear waste symbol, a flag pen, a giraffe sticker, a one-eyed monster plushie? Jake? A giraffe sticker. I'm very sorry. I have a delivery. I have to get this. 
I'm so sorry. All right, we'll wait for him to get back to tell him if he's right. What have we got? <laughs> Is it his PS5, maybe? Oh, that'd be sweet. <laughs> yeah, right. Jake, what'd you get? I got a PS5. <laughs> I knew it! I called it! <laughs> oh boy. That's so, exciting. Surprise! Ha. Kind of a plot twist here. I wasn't expecting it to come until later. Um, <laughs> but, surprise. I was half joking. I was like, when you got up, I was like, I bet it's his PS5. <laughs> yes. So, do you find one online or something? I did. I managed to track one down. Did you pay retail? I paid retail for it. Really? All right. I did. Yes. Um, so I'm just really hoping that this isn't a um, like a scam, but it feels pretty hefty. So, <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, get this going so we can let you get to your PS5. Okay. Cool beans. All right. Before you got up, you answered uh, giraffe sticker on her backpack you are correct that was not on her backpack cool next question this one's too easy so you gotta be quick joel is from which state jake texas that is correct all right <laughs> question seven how old is ellie jake 14 not that it matters you are correct that's what she says in the game. Okay. <laughs> All right, Lauren, let's get these last three. Okay. Which is not a crafting item in the game? Binding, nails, sugar, alcohol. Lauren. Nails? That is correct. Binding. What's a binding? It's just tape. Yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay. okay. But it's called oh, binding. That's right. All right, this one's uh, might be a little tricky. What was so different or lucky about Bill's town? What was so lucky about Lauren? Bill's town? The booby traps he set up? Yeah, that's a tough question. That was different about his town, but let's say what was so great about his town before that. Jake? It was one of the first to be evacuated. Yes, it was one of the few towns to be warned. So oh, okay. when you're there, you can see there's like flyers all over the place. And, and Joel mentions that some people were luckier than others. So yeah, okay. sorry, that was, that was a bit of an ambiguous question. All right, last question. What is the last weapon type acquired in the game? Ah! Lauren. I'm just going to take a stab at it. Um... But I'm ting. With a with a shiv. Ha! Uh, a sniper rifle. Nope. Jake. Assault rifle. That is correct. Well, well done, Jake. I lost count, but you won. Thanks. Nice job, Lauren. <laughs> I assumed I would not do well. It's okay. 
Well, well hey, it's I, just for fun. <laughs> I, I would not have gotten many of these. I have not played it since uh, I beat it. I had to watch a recap before we started today because I'd forgotten so much. <laughs> <laughs> but here we are talking about it with uh, a lot of admiration and endearment. Yeah, and I want to remind you that we we broke tradition a little while ago, and Jake and I recorded our Last of Us two spoiler cast like the day after we beat it, back when it came out. And so that's actually not listed in our seasons. It's, it's if you go down to like bonus episodes, which I'm get next season I'll probably work it into the episode count since that's what next season is about anyway. More modern games, but that is like an hour and forty five minute discussion of our fresh opinions of that game. And I think we should later revisit that after uh, it's been so long, but yes, it's there. It has been cool beans. Yeah. Check it out. I'm pretty sure a lot of what we said kind of echoes what we talked about here, but true. We, we were it's just, it was a more in depth. Yeah. Combing over of the story. We were in a different place when we recorded that. Definitely very fresh off that game. Yeah. So yeah, this was a pretty good discussion. I think. Lauren, I really want to thank you for being with us today. Mm-hmm. Thanks for having me. Thanks for your me. insight. Yeah, you had some good insight and uh, some cool opinions about the game. If you were to ever come back, what game would you want to cover? Last of Us 2, but it sounds <laughs> like it's already happened. <laughs> well, I, I, we need to revisit it. So yeah, maybe we'll for the that. revisit. Yeah, maybe I'm... Horizon as well. Horizon, Borderlands, Borderlands 2, Mortal Kombat. Oh, I'd love to talk Borderlands. Jake hasn't really played it played it a long time ago not very much not 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 enough to uh talk about it in depth but all right we'll discuss the next game that i play all right cool beans good co-op all right well um everyone thank you so much for listening today and uh this has been an awesome talk and i hope you have an amazing day week month year life everything my name is jake and my name's cameron and i'm lauren have an awesome nerdy week Minosan Sayonara.